Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pre-Health Particulars. I'm Coco DeMauro, Pre-Health Academic Advisor in the Honors Program. Today's episode will be geared towards Pre-Health Honors students, so if that's you, please stick around. Let's dive in. Today, we'll be going over topics such as the advantages of taking honors sections of classes, including pre-health classes, thesis pacing options, and programming and opportunities for pre-health honors students. Advantages of taking honors sections of classes. As an honors student, you have the opportunity to enroll in honors sections of classes from the sciences, humanities, and business. One benefit of this is that honors sections tend to be much smaller than non-honors sections. Having a smaller class size gives you a better opportunity to know and become known by your professor. This is especially important as you'll need to request letters of recommendation when you apply to professional schools later on. If you take the time to get to know your professors and do well in their classes, you are more likely to get a better quality letter than if you're simply one student in a class of 300. As a pre-health student, it is generally recommended for you to take honors sciences, such as biology or chemistry, as most likely you will need letters of recommendation from your science professors. Taking honors sciences also is a great way to get to know professors and possibly explore clinical and lab-based research opportunities, if that's something you're interested in. Undergraduates are not guaranteed spots in a lab, so it's important that you connect with faculty in order to learn what opportunities may exist. This is helpful if you're interested in pursuing lab-based research, including if you plan to write your thesis from your lab research. If you're interested in doing these things, it's important to get into a lab as soon as possible. To see if lab-based research might be a good fit for you, check out our guide at baylor.edu slash honors program, click on current students, click on pre-health, and then click on thesis and lab research. Another advantage of honors sections is the depth of discussion. Oftentimes, students go deeper into the material than in a non-honors class. This is not only enriching for your own personal growth, but also helps you grow in your critical thinking skills, a trait very much needed in the health professions. Another benefit in taking honors sections, again more specifically honors sciences, is that it demonstrates to professional schools your ability and willingness to work hard. The key is to do well in those classes. So if, for example, you are stronger in biology than chemistry, you may want to go ahead and take an honors biology and a non-honors chemistry. Remember, honors courses do not carry more weight on your GPA like perhaps they did in high school. In college, it is better to receive an A in a regular class than a B in an honors class. Let's talk about great texts. If you are in the honors program, you may be aware that you have to take Great Text 2301 and Great Text 2302 as part of your honors requirements. Great Text 2301 is the intellectual tradition of the ancient world, which examines the contributions of the ancient Greek, Roman, and Judeo-Christian traditions, and explores texts by authors such as Homer, Plato, Virgil, Augustine, and some selections of the Bible. Great Text 2302 is the medieval intellectual tradition looking at the development of ideas in medieval and Renaissance Europe. 
The curriculum includes examination of works by Aquinas, Chaucer, Dante, and Shakespeare. Now, I have heard from some pre-health students, why do I need to take great text? How is this going to help me in medical school? The thing is, life is interdisciplinary. We do not exist in a vacuum. Life is influenced by the sciences, art, politics, social issues. As a healthcare professional, when you see your patients, you are not simply solving a mathematical equation. You are dealing with the whole person. Yes, the biological aspect of their illness, but also their cultural influences, religious beliefs, political values. To be an effective physician or other healthcare professional, it is imperative that you are well-rounded, not just someone who has memorized all the functions of the body. Professional schools want to see that you are able to problem-solve and think critically, and taking great texts helps you exercise those skills. Did you know, it has been found that students who take great text courses do better on the MCAT than students who did not take great texts, and that taking these classes improves reading comprehension. Don't forget that critical analysis and reading skills makes up about a quarter of the MCAT, with reading passages taken from a variety of humanities and social sciences disciplines. And as a side note, I have had multiple students who were hesitant about taking great texts tell me that it ended up being one of their favorite classes. So please stay encouraged that the great text course requirement actually is benefiting you, perhaps just in a different way than you expect. Let's talk about the thesis. The moment I'm sure you've all been waiting for, talking about the thesis. As you know, researching and writing your thesis is typically a two-year process that starts your junior year. It can be on any topic of your choosing. It does not necessarily have to be science-related. A few tips. Choose a faculty mentor whom you have taken their classes and done well in, and have gotten to know and who has expertise in the area you're interested in. It's okay if you don't have your exact topic nailed down from the beginning, but make sure it's in an area that you are genuinely interested. Remember, you'll be working with this topic for roughly two years, so you likely do not want to explore a subject you cannot stand. Your passion or lack of passion for the material will shine through when you write your personal essays and attend interviews. Writing a thesis is not something most undergraduate students do, and it is a great accomplishment. Writing one and doing so well demonstrates your ability to think critically and synthesize information, as well as demonstrate your ability to see a rigorous project through to the end. As a side note, it is also helpful if you have taken at least some classes relating to the subject or discipline, or at least have some background in it outside the classroom. Going into an area completely new to you at the start of the thesis can make it much more difficult, since students may not know the way the field works, the foundations, the way to research, write, perform in it, and so forth. I don't say this to intimidate you, but experience has shown that when students have zero background in an area, it can be a very difficult undertaking, especially when you are so busy with other classes, applications, and other activities. As I mentioned, your thesis can be on any area that you like, provided that there is a Baylor faculty member with expertise in that field. If you plan to go to medical school, your thesis does not have to be from lab-based research. Now, if you plan to pursue research professionally, it may be helpful to demonstrate your skills through your thesis, but you are not required to do a lab-based or even STEM-based thesis. 
Again, if you plan to go to medical school, it may be helpful to write a thesis that has some sort of medical tie-in, but it is not necessarily a requirement. There are a lot of creative theses out there, and I recommend you check out abstracts from our alumni. You can access them by going to baylor.edu slash honors program, click on current students, click on thesis, and thesis abstracts. You're also welcome to come by the honors program office to skim through hard copies of past theses. So you may be wondering, when should I start my thesis? Traditionally, most students begin the process in the fall of junior year by taking Honors 3100. Now, with that said, your specific timeline may be different depending on your goals. Are you conducting lab-based research or a STEM thesis? Do you plan to take a gap year or two? When do you plan to take the MCAT? Do you plan on going to graduate school? These are some questions to consider as you plan out when to start the thesis process. I encourage you to check out our thesis pacing guide as you make your research plans by going to our website at baylor.edu slash honors program, click on current students, click on pre-health, click on thesis and lab research. Please also stay in conversation with your honors advisor about when you plan to start your thesis. Let's talk about programming and opportunities. Being an honors pre-health student affords several opportunities unique to honors students. First, all honors pre-health students receive a weekly newsletter during the fall and spring semesters. This newsletter contains a lot of great information, such as upcoming events, opportunities for research, internships, jobs, and gap years, health-related articles, MCAT information, and much more. I recommend you skim through the newsletter once a week to see what catches your eye. I've had several students pursue internships and jobs because they saw them in the newsletter. Another opportunity for honors students includes a variety of internships and research. To name a few, we've had several students do internships at the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center in Seattle, and the Heal the City internship in Amarillo. Several of our honors faculty members have fostered relationships with these organizations, and we encourage honors students to apply to these great opportunities. You can learn more by going to baylor.edu slash honors program, current students, pre-health, and click on research and internship opportunities. Another opportunity as an honors pre-health student is that you get a chance to work with me, hey! While I may not be your specific honors academic advisor, there are other ways for us to connect. Always feel free to email me your pre-health related questions at coco underscore demaro at baylor.edu. I also offer drop-in advising several times a semester called Coco with Miss Coco, where you can come by without an appointment to ask your quick pre-health questions. It can be anything from checking if you should take a specific class to bigger picture planning about what you'll do after graduation. Keep an eye on the pre-health newsletter as that's where I'll post the dates for the drop-in advising. Another way we can connect is through the various workshops I'll be hosting throughout the fall and spring. In the past, we've covered topics such as lab-based and non-lab-based research and internship opportunities, applying to prestigious fellowships, and gap year planning. We even had a panel of several local physicians come in to discuss their perspective on the do's and don'ts of job shadowing. Again, keep an eye on the newsletter for upcoming workshops. And please, be sure to say hello to me when you come by. I'd love to chat with you. 
I hope you've enjoyed this Honors Pre-Health episode. For further information about the Honors Program, please visit baylor.edu slash honors program. And as always, please visit baylor.edu slash prehealth for information from the Office of Pre-Health Studies. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye!